welcome to another episode of The Silver Wolf Howl. I am Angela and today we will be chatting to Anal De Brain. She is an Associate Forensic Investigator at DML Forensics. So today Ryan and I are visiting the offices of DML Forensics and we have come to chat to Anal De Brain. They do some interesting work in forensic investigation here and I'm eager to find out more about them. Hello, Anel. I have been looking forward to this chat for a while now, ever since we started talking about it. So I'm really excited to get into everything. Good day, Angela, and thank you for the opportunity to be part of your podcast today. Tell me, what is DML Forensics? Let's start there. Angela, DML Forensics is a forensics firm which was established by the directors of Dingley Marshall Lewin, a Cape Town-based law firm. The directors recognized a need for forensic services within the legal environment and decided to establish DML Forensics. So at DML Forensics, we provide clients in the public and private sector, both locally and internationally, with a cost-effective forensic solution that is tailored to their specific needs. We understand that we are assisting clients during difficult times and our experienced multidisciplinary team will ensure that all matters are dealt with the appropriate sensitivity, confidentiality and integrity. I had a look at your website and I noticed the list of services that you offer here at DML Forensics. And they include things like fraud investigations, investigative support services, fraud and corruption risk assessment, business intelligence and due diligence. I always believe in due diligence, transaction monitoring and reporting, policy development and verification, as well as cyber forensic services. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Uh, could you perhaps give us a summary of what each of those services include? Yes, certainly. So in respect of our general forensic investigation services, um, this is where we assist clients with commercial crime investigations, such as fraud, theft and corruption, labor-related misconduct investigations, proving or disproving discrimination and harassment grievances, and we provide expert testimony in civil, criminal or disciplinary proceedings. We also provide, like you mentioned, um, investigative support services, and this will include polygraph tests and expert testimony, handwriting analysis, psychometric assessment, and background checks. We assist companies with their fraud and corruption risk assessments, which include fraud prevention plans and strategies, fraud detection plans, fraud response plans, and fraud and corruption awareness training. Our business intelligence and due diligence service offerings include analyzing and mitigating potential risk strategies, probity reports, this is also known as know your client, business and candidate vetting, conflict of interest checks, and lifestyle audits. Our transaction monitoring and reporting includes the detection and reporting of any suspicious activity within your business. We can assist companies with policy development and verification by analyzing existing policies and procedures already in place, identification of control weaknesses, and drafting of policies and procedures. 
So our cyber forensics, and this is like nothing like in the movies, this will include where we extract, preserve, and analyze electronic devices such as mobile phones and laptops or hard drives. Uh, we can assist with the execution of an Anton Pillar order. We provide technical support in the full process of a forensic investigation from legal document drafting, search and seizure, analysis, reporting, and expert testimony, tracing and discovery of hidden websites. So that's quite a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a mouthful. I am quite interested in the cyber forensic services that you offer. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, yeah, sure. So normally an employer uh, suspects an irregularities pertaining to a specific employee. We will then confiscate the laptop, the work laptop and the work mobile phone, um, and then we'll send it to our forensics lab to be digitally um, copied in a forensic sound environment so that the original device is not tainted. So we work from a forensically sound copy, and this working copy, we use um, specialized programs to search for certain keywords, for certain timelines, for any irregularities that um, the, the employer um, either indicated to us in, um, beforehand that he suspects, or we will um, proceed to go through, for example, the recent matter that I investigated, there were 27,000 emails. Wow. And this program then allows us to, to sort through that absolute chaos of the big volume of, of data. Imagine going through those many emails manually. Oh my goodness, Ryan, would you want to go through those emails? <laughs> I think Ryan will just resign if I was to assign him that task. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you had some software to help you in this. So your candidate vetting also sounds quite interesting. Could we talk a bit about that? Yes, um, Angela, in, in today's day and age, especially when appointing new employees, um, it is important to, to do background checks. So one of our service bouquets we offer includes assistance to employers with the HR employment process. This is to conduct the background screening and vetting of existing and potential employees. So we provide clients with a better understanding into who they are employing or contracting with. We can assist the employer to verify and determine whether or not individuals are indeed who they claim to be. The accountability tool of lifestyle audits, also known as lifestyle checks, can be used to detect and prevent corruption. When a person's apparent way of life or standard of living exceeds their known income, a lifestyle audit is essential to investigate this red flag. We can assist in drafting a detailed profile report on a candidate based on information from all four major credit bureaus, information such as address history, telephone contact history, employment history, judgments, defaults, and a credit score are included in the report. I'm a qualified certified biometric officer, so I digitally capture fingerprints for criminal checks using the automated fingerprint identification system, also known as APHIS. The fingerprints are then checked electronically directly against the South African Police Services database. 
We can assist with the verification of qualifications, national metric qualifications, metric symbol match, national tertiary qualifications, qualification membership and institutional accreditation. Social media screening allows insight into the public online personality of a candidate and that gets very interesting. So in this social media screening there are different options available from basic to very high level screening. Psychometric testing by a qualified industrial psychologist evaluates a candidate's suitability for a position. These tests are designed to assess aptitude for the job in question. They further identify the extent to which a candidate's personality and cognitive abilities match those required to perform the role. Employers use the information gathered from psychometric testing to identify successful candidates when, when making an impo- uh, appointment. So, if I cheated and said that I passed my metric with A's and stars and everything like that, you basically come in and we verify that. You cannot lie. Oh, no. no. (laughs) Tell me no lies. (laughs) Chat to me a little bit more about your role at DML Forensics. So, Angela, I'm actively involved in all investigations. The day-to-day running of the office as well as all social media marketing. Ah, okay. Well, then, can you describe a typical case that would merit your involvement? So, as I mentioned earlier, I'm involved in all investigations or new instructions at DML, from drafting a proposal to a client, investigating the matter, report writing and billing. Okay, so for somebody who's not really familiar with the whole process of investigation, etc., Could you describe how all of that fits into a typical case? So I specialize in the investigation of general white-collar crimes with a particular interest on those involving public sector entities, which has been in the news lately. My expertise include investigations into cover quoting schemes, mismanagement of supply chain management departments, conflict of interest checks, and investigating intellectual property theft. I further conduct lifestyle audits, engage and interact with targets to gather intelligence and information on entities, individuals and product-related investigations. I assist the Hawks, the Specialized Investigation Unit, also known as the SIU, and the South African Police Services with their investigations. On completion of investigative work, I provide expert testimony during disciplinary hearings assist with the quantification of civil litigation claims and assist with the filing of criminal uh, complaints. I knew this lady was interesting. (laughs) So Anel, tell me a little bit more about Anel. What is your background and what made you get into this business? Angela, I always joke and say that I grew up in a law firm. I started working at a law firm in 1999 after completing my N4 and N5 legal secretarial course. I immediately fell in love with the law and started studying part-time towards my LLB degree. After my admission as an attorney, I also completed a certified forensic examiner's course at UWC and obtained a BA degree in criminology. I was first introduced to forensic investigations during my time as a secretary working at a very prominent law firm in Cape Town. During this time, I would attend information sessions that the forensics department held. This is where my very keen interest in forensics investigation started. A few years ago, I was given the opportunity to redirect my career from being an attorney 
when I was offered a position as a forensic investigator. And I absolutely love what I do. I just love it when people enjoy their work. It's just so refreshing to hear that. That's so cool. So in this journey to where you are now and the work that you do now, would you say it was a typical road that you followed or was it more of a sequence of events that just led you here? It kind of sounds like it's more of a sequence of events. It was very much a sequence of events. I would never have imagined when I started at a law firm in 1999 as a secretary typing for the candidate attorneys that my career path would make a few changes along the way. That kind of road can either be so scary or adventurous or scary and adventurous at the same time. (laughs) So what are some of the more common cases that you deal with daily? So I deal with the normal white-collar crime investigations like your fraud, your corruption, your theft of intellectual property, your background screening of employees and vendors. And recently I've assisted owners in doing a few background checks on potential tenants. And I attend to a watching briefs in court where I follow court proceedings and report back to clients, uh, liaise with the police and prosecutors. Ah, interesting. That's really interesting. Let's talk about some of the challenges that you face in your work. I think the biggest challenge is the frustration. After a diligent investigation and preparing the docket for the police with all the supporting evidence, it can take a long time, not just a long time, uh, for a matter to finally make its way to court because the workload of the police officer and the hawks are just, it's incredible. There's like easily 300 dockets on an investigating officer's um, desk. Um, So our courts are also under severe pressure and matters can take years to finalize, which makes clients hesitant to even proceed with some investigations. Yeah, we we have the same issue with our work and um, trying to explain that to clients as well. And I, I suppose you could understand it from their perspective as well. But um, yeah, it can be quite frustrating. So uh, wh- what is it that you find most satisfying about your work then? I guess working as a forensic investigator can be both... Uh, challenging and a rewarding role. I think that the fact that I get to make a difference in our fight against crime and corruption in South Africa is amazing and I'm very fortunate to love the job that I do. Absolutely. Um, It's really nice to hear people who love their work. Um, Sometimes you chat to people and they're so miserable and, you know, I kind of have to drag themselves to work every morning and it's, it's really sad to hear that. So that's awesome. What, ca- what case has been um, the most satisfying for you? Approximately a year or so ago, I assisted with the investigation of a very prominent professor at a tertiary institution in the Eastern Cape. The professor was accused of registering students for postgraduate programs when they did not meet the minimum requirements for admission, sometimes not even having a normal BA degree, an entry-level degree. The professor also misappropriated university funds of approximately 5 million rand. During this investigation, I assisted with the office inspection, also known as the office raid, gathering information. The professor was arrested, and there are currently various criminal charges pending uh, finalizing in court. Yikes, okay, 5 million, wow. Tell me, 
is there an element of danger or risk to you in your current position as part of this investigative team? At the moment, no, but I have been involved in investigations in the Eastern Cape where I've been told to watch my back. In that situation, I would change my route back to the hotel, keep an eye out for any suspicious-looking vehicles in traffic, keep a big enough space in traffic for me to attempt to get away in the event of a possible dangerous situation, and I would not leave the hotel at night after I arrived back. I once received a telephone call from the SAPS detective branch in the Eastern Cape just to check whether I was okay after I left a scheduled meeting at the office, and that I really appreciated. One of my previous informants were recently killed in a clear hit after he testified at a disciplinary hearing. So the danger is real, but I guess that's part of the type of work I chose to do. Yeah, it's hectic, but yeah, we, we get what you mean. Ryan has a question that he would like to ask you. You mentioned the Eastern Cape. How does the job and the traveling affect your personal life? And you also mentioned forensics, doing analysis on people. How does your friends and family feel? Do they trust you? Ryan, luckily for me, I love traveling. I am. I don't mind to, to pack my bags and leave for the airport within hours' notice. So... Um, Luckily, there's no one, a cat or a dog or a fish waiting at home for me. So I can leave whenever I want. So that makes it, I guess, easier for me to travel. And traveling to the Eastern Cape post-lockdown was approximately 38 flights. Um, you, are, you are tired at the end of the week of all the flying, coming back, doing the washing and leaving again on Monday morning at, at 4.30 or 5. Um, but it's part of the job and I love it. Um, in respect of my friends, yes, they do trust me. Um, they normally come to me for, for advice. Um, I would normally, in a situation, point out the red flags for them. I don't always, especially in the office, I don't always talk about my investigations um, because it is confidential, but um, there must be a bit of mystery around it, I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's asking that question because he mentioned before that his friends don't trust him anymore. Because <laughs> they say he lies too well. <laughs> Investigation is usually a serious matter. I mean, we, we all know that. But sometimes you find something or, you know, there's just something that happens that's so out of the ordinary that it borders or even like goes directly into just being funny rather than serious. Have you had such a case? I can recall going undercover with one of my previous colleagues when we interacted with targets to gather information um, on a product-related investigation. So this day we were in a very tiny factory shop in an industrial area. I was supposed to take photographs of specific products in the shop. The shop assistant was very proactive that day and did not leave my sight one second, following my every move around the shop. We literally had to, we were like moving around, struggling to get through the, the um, aisles, me searching for the product that I needed to find and him following me like a shadow. So usually you can get away with saying, thank you, I'm just browsing, not this day. The shop assistant was in my face the whole time. 
my colleague attempted to keep him distracted to the point that it actually became hilarious and we had to keep our composure and not start uh, started laughing. At one point, our manager, who was waiting for us in the car, came to the security gate to ask if we needed some cash just to check up on us. The manager then called me and said, your husband is looking for you. So I don't think our cover was blown that day, despite the challenging circumstances. <laughs> you only could have said to that uh, store manager or store assistant, listen, I'm, I'm actually working undercover here. <laughs> Give me some room to do my job. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Chanel. This was so much fun. And it's been so lovely to meet you and to hear about your work and to see your offices and... You guys have just really been so awesome and welcoming to us here. So thank you so much for sharing your time and your information and knowledge and your job with us. It's only a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.